This is Hoop and Holler. I'm Eddie, joined as always by Reagan Griffin and Julio Martinez. Really exciting times for the podcast. We're now officially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find us on those platforms and on Twitter and Instagram at Square One Media. That's spelled out at SQR One Media. Our publication is on Medium. Our publication on Medium is also live, as is Julio's blog, Sports Talk, The Countdown. This is our first regular season episode, and joining us today all the way from Syracuse is mm. superstar MLS insider and Clippers fanatic Eli Lesser. Yeah. Eli, what's up? I am great, guys. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm it's good to great. hear from you. So Eli's a good friend of me and Reagan. We met him last summer. And um, go ahead and tell us about what you do in terms of uh, the uh, MLS reporting and this week in MLS and all that. Yeah, so um, throughout my childhood, I was a big MLS fan, and not many people around me were. And I <laughs> wanted expected. to create a website, or not a website, but a platform for myself because I knew I wanted to do journalism and I wanted to find a way to do MLS journalism that's unique and different from what's already out there because there's not much great MLS journalism out there. Uh-huh. And I wanted to make journalism that was good for our generation Um, people like our age would want to see. And I know it's not like what classic journalists would call journalism, but um, in a way, I'm still getting information out there. And uh, I have 38K followers now, which is really high. Sure, honey. Shameless plug. I think I'm doing things right. right. Um, (laughs) But uh, I'm not just a big MLS fan. I've been a Clipper fan my whole life, uh, season ticket holder my whole life. Um, so that's another passion of mine, um, just Clippers specifically, <laughs> even though I am an all-around NBA fan. I mean, you're yeah. you're really the only Clippers fan. I hate the Clippers. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna not. just tell you. I'm gonna just tell you up front. I, I hate the Clippers and have always hated the Clippers and will never like them, no matter what. I'm, I'm although, sure. although I love Kawhi and I love PG, I just I just hate. I will never love that brand or like that brand. Mm, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. you see, that's the thing with me and the Lakers. I grew up in a in a Los Angeles, um, that was a Lakers town, and it was very tough. I got bullied a lot in elementary school, in middle school, <laughs> in high school, in college. Um, in college, but, as an adult. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I've always had to deal with Lakers fans, and uh, I had to deal with the whole Kobe era and <laughs> the delusion that surrounds that era. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Whoa, 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 sir. All I know is that y'all hang selfies, we hang banners, but... Okay. I mean, we'll we'll get into that. I'm tired of Staples Center. I'm tired of being the fourth tenant at Staples Center. I think we deserve (laughs) our own arena. The 2010s um, has been a decade of rebranding for the Clippers. It has. It has. It has. We're trying to change the stigma. We're, we changed our owner. We changed our logo. Nah, We're trying yeah. to make our own way in L.A. and trying to basically, like, erase the first 30, 40 years of our franchise. Because um, this is the 50-year anniversary of the Clippers. Really? Yeah. I think it's, or I think it's of the Buffalo Braves, but you know what I mean. No, nah, you, you uh, got to gotta really respect what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and people they brought in Jerry West, Steve Ballmer, uh, Lawrence Frank, Doc Rivers, everybody. It, it it is respectable. I just don't like like them. <laughs> yeah, and you don't yeah. have to like it because yeah. you you will always have the Lakers, and yeah. I'll always have my Clippers, and that's totally <laughs> cool. Um, we don't have to like each other, but <laughs> I think what we all can agree is 
what's happening right now in Los Angeles basketball is great for the city. Oh, yeah. no doubt. I think no doubt. having the two big duos, arguably the two best duos in the NBA, oh, um, facing off against each other in the same building, this is huge for the sport. This mm-hmm. is huge for the league and also great for the city. Um, does L.A. necessarily deserve this? Um, I don't know. Because I wouldn't say LA has the best sports fans, but I am very, very excited for this era that's about to happen and what this era leads to in the future. All right, let's. Uh, should, should we jump into the Clippers' first two games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So the first game, the highly anticipated matchup between um, Crosstown, well, not even Crosstown, just LA rivals, the Lakers and the Clippers. Opening day, the Clippers come out victorious, one twelve, one hundred two. Kawhi and Lou Williams pop off, and then yesterday the Clippers absolutely demolished the Warriors, one forty one to one twenty two. They, I think, they led by thirty at one point. Um, Patrick Patterson surprises everyone and, oh and drops God. six threes and um, and twenty points. So, um, Eli, just tell us, um, I mean, you got to be confident watching these uh, these Clippers teams right now, right? Like, yeah. I'm very confident, and I think um, what's been great is it's a next-man-up mentality. Yes, it's been Kawhi Leonard doing very well. Yes, it's been Lou Will, but then outside of those guys, someone else every game stepping up. Montrez Harrell's going to be super consistent for this team, but like a guy like Patrick Patterson to drop 20 for us yesterday, like that was crazy for us. Um, I do think one thing we got to point out about the Laker game is that every man that came off the bench got double-digit points. Um, so that's something that I continue to look for throughout the season, just like how consistent this bench is and how great it could be. Because um, I, I hate to be biased, but I do think we have arguably the best bench yeah. in the league. Yeah. I mean, that, that's and not then, a biased statement. Yeah, that's not a biased statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought yesterday, Ivica Zubas looked fantastic. I still scratch my skin every day that really we let him go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he... He got that double-double yesterday, which is something we haven't seen much of him yet. And he really worked hard this offseason. He looks bigger. He looks more fit. He looks kind of like how Marcus Gasol looked at the beginning of his career. I'm not making that comparison because I don't think he's Marcus Gasol at all. Yeah. <laughs> but if he could continue to be serviceable like he was last night, um, he's going to have great success with this team. Also, the fact that Kawhi Leonard got 21 points and 9 assists and only 20 minutes mm-hmm. played. That's really good for us. It means we'll be able to rest him and still get or still feel the full impact out of him. Uh, I mean, Montrezl Harrell continuing to be that guy off the bench with Lou Will. Side also note, made. Eli, uh, Montrezl Harrell still available for trade in our fantasy league. <laughs> you know, you see, I would, I would <laughs> take him, but I have very high hopes for Kristaps, okay. and I know you want Kristaps in that. I do trade, want Kristaps. I'm not ready to give up Kristaps because I really think like he could be a big. Fantasy guy. I, I will trade him. I will be looking to trade him around March okay. when he gets injured. Um, he gets but I'm injured. Trade him right before it happens. But yeah, just like February 20th, around that time, just look for me and a Kristaps trader. I'll happily pull that trigger. Reagan always can, using that Clippers fandom against him. Yes, can, can I just say something to Eddie? Bro, yeah. now do you think Kawhi's a top 10 player? He looks great. Come on now. Come, come on. This is like his. His first, like his performance in the first game, like that's literally why I think he's the best player in the NBA. 
I mean, oh yeah, when he went seven, when he made seven shots in a row, and, and like really and, does the Clippers out of that hole that they put themselves in early on, like that was fantastic. That's what I'm talking about. And his matchup, I, I know it's not a one on one game, but his matchup against LeBron, like Bron didn't, Bron didn't respond. I have a, and, I have a, ooh, I have a beef with that. We'll get to that, but I have a, such a but, beef with that. Matchup. But t- tell me, Kawhi isn't a top ten player? I think top five. Okay, so. Yeah. The, the the funny part about watching that Lakers game, the, the Lakers Clippers game, was that I, I didn't really feel like I, I mean Kawhi made all his shots and it was like he's dominant. I mean he was dominant, but like he, he kept on taking like you know the one step in from the three point line. What's wrong with mid range shots though? I mean, like, it's the thing is, wrong, I, but, like, I understand I what you're saying in from an inefficiency standpoint. Nah, those are bro. inefficient shots, but, but my, he's efficient. I like, with I like it. The, exactly. My, my saying is, it's not inefficient if it goes in. No, it, it, if it's going in, and that, and that's the problem with the with the Rockets. All you got to do is force him to the rim and have a good shot blocker like Rudy Gobert, and you strangle the three point line, and you can't do anything else because they're mid range. I feel you. I mean, just yet. I mean, yesterday against the Warriors was an anomaly because there's absolutely no one the Warriors could put on. And have success. Like Glenn Robinson was not going to lock him down. But at the same time, I felt like sometimes Kawhi is going to hit those shots, and uh, sometimes Kawhi is not going to hit those shots. And most of the time, and I think, like, uh, I mean, I mean, what you want as a defense is you don't want him to get to the rim and use his strength to take layups. Uh, I think you'd rather have him shooting threes and take you know twenty footers. Long mid-range shots is that he'll make them, and, and he's one of the better shooters um, from the mid-range in the league. But as a defense, like I'd rather, I, I'd rather take that. He's really more effective when he can get. I think he, what is it nine assists like he he's did so, as a passer. He's so strong though. The amount of space he creates on those mid-range shots is insane, and, and though he makes it look so effortless, it, it's. It's just like it. It just reminds me the way he plays. It just I'm not saying he's MJ, but he just reminds me of MJ. Y'all know Wait. who's who's been the oh. Doc Rivers makes those comparisons. Yeah, yeah. The most impressive. Okay, this is not the most impressive, but the the Clippers player that's kind of you know stood out to me thus far, Landry Shamit. Man, that dude's a threat. Like yeah. a legitimately. On every D time too. I watch a Clippers game, every time he has a somewhat open three I'm like in my mind it's going in and, every time and it does it and, drops every single he's like in my mind he might be the best shooter in the NBA and he's a little dog on defense he's a dog on defense he, he's, he he's the epitome of 3 and D mm-hmm. he gets the most out of his uh, limited physical abilities I mean he's yeah. fast he, he yeah. had a fast break where I, I saw him outrun uh, who was it uh, yesterday it, it was they were playing the Warriors he outran somebody and it took him about four steps to do it and he yeah. was started off behind he, he he's a, I think he's a bit of a sneaky athlete but um I mean when you have a team like the Clippers um, with that grid and grind system you're surrounded by players that are fantastic defensively and they're also great mentors to a guy like mm-hmm. Landry Shamit you have mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly above him in the rotation that is kind of a mentor to him and you're seeing a lot more of like Patrick Beverly and Landry yeah, game. Yeah. you're seeing the young guys take notes here and that's really awesome but yeah Landry Shamit shooting like 62% right now from three to start the season something we're gonna expect to stay pretty high I'm very excited for what's to come from Landry Shamit because I do think he's one of the younger guys in the league that people are sleeping on just because they just assume that he all he could do is shoot but yeah. he's really trying to yeah. make his game all around. And talk yeah. t- talking about that defense, yo, they're giving me like I know I wasn't alive to see this, but 
from highlights I've seen, videos I've seen, they just remind me of the Bulls. Bulls. Of the Bulls. Okay. With MJ and, and Pippen, is obviously going to be Kawhi and PG. You got Ron Harper, which is like a Pat Bev, and Rodman, yeah. which is your Montrez Harrell. Mm. Like that. That's interesting. And, and, you, got a, and you got a shooter Bennett. like Steve Kerr or uh, Shamit off the bench. Like, mm. it, it's, it's going to be, I think, like, they can be an all-time all time team. Like, e- Eli, can I ask you this? Yeah. Um, so obviously, you you guys kind of carry a under underdog chip on your shoulder mentality a little bit, but eventually, as, as teams start to see how talented this team is, that that's going to go away, and eventually, you guys are going to be the ones with the targets on your back. Um, are you concerned yeah. at all with the fact, you know, kind of the 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 snarly kind of attitude of a Montrez and a Patrick Beverly that might go from a point of looking like an underdog to looking like a bully if you guys keep on beating up on teams like you uh like you've been doing to well, the Lakers and the Warriors. Yeah, well, I'm not worried about those two mentalities changing. Um, they're very unique in that sense, and I. Yes, I, I already think that they believe that they're the favorites. I think mm-hmm. we at this point believe that we're the favorites, um, just because I mean we were getting all the magazines, Sports Illustrated. We were on the cover as like it basically said we're the favorites on there. I think they know um, at this point, and there's nowhere there's no way of hiding like last year where we were able to kind of hide the fact that we were good because we didn't have a star. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Kawhi, we have Paul George. Obviously, there's big targets on our back, but I don't see the mentality of Montrez or Patrick Beverly really changing. Even from from an optic standpoint, though, because because the way it looks, yeah. you know, initially when when you're a team like last year with not without a star and you come and you you face teams with that sort of mentality, it's like okay, we understand it. That's an underdog team. They're fighting for everything that they get. Now, if you're the top dog and you act that way, you kind of look like a bully. Do you think that it will look like Draymond Green? Like, kind of, uh, yeah. You know, kind of like yeah. the Warriors of past. You know, it's one thing yeah. when Draymond's doing that when no one believes in the Warriors, but when everyone sees how good the Warriors are and Draymond's doing the same stuff, now he starts to look like the a hole of the situation. Do you think you know yeah. Patrick I mean, Beverly and Montrez might you know start looking like that? Oh, they will start looking like that. But okay. to, I mean, me as a Clipper fan, I won't see it like that. <laughs> um, I'm sure Eddie, as a Warrior fan, didn't see it like that for Draymond, but yeah. I definitely see it kind of like becoming that sort of thing. I mean, it'd be. It would honestly be an honor if it became that sort of thing because that means we're really that legit. We're as legit as that Warriors team. That's Fair basically enough. what that would be saying. Um, so I would love to be that good. Uh, we've never been that good, so I'll take it. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, we're on my team, not your team, so that's, yeah. that's all that matters. It's good mentality you have. I think it's just yeah. it's so crazy how good Kawhi fits into the mentality of well, this team. Just yeah. like Kawhi is yeah. such a surgical player and the Clippers look so methodical. It, I mean, to me, the, the main thing that stands out is that the Clippers have been looking dominant these first two games, but they also look methodical at the same time. It doesn't seem like they're doing it with a lot of flash. They're not doing it with a lot of and not like, even pizzazz. Not even, just, not even just flash and pizzazz. It, it, not even like too much effort. And what Eli touched on is that... Kawhi won't take as many games off simply because they're going to be blowing if he, teams out if he's and he's going to be resting. Minutes. Yeah, if he's yeah. only playing 20 minutes, obviously he's going to be playing t- more than 20 minutes a night. But, like, he he knows at the, at the back of his mind he has dogs on his team that will do, like, all the hard work for for him. Um, and he, he can just rest until the playoffs and, you know, play 40 minutes a night then, um, which is going to be crucial down the line. Yeah, and what's great about the two guys that the Clippers got 
this offseason? Is there like the two biggest stars in the NBA that you don't need a total culture change to insert yeah. them into your team? Agreed. You don't need to change your system and base it around them. Yeah, and that's why it was so ideal that we got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to come along too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like coughing. Okay. No worries. <laughs> I'd cough, too, if Paul right. George just walked to the Clippers out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. But, like, we didn't we didn't need to change anything about our mentality to insert these guys into the lineup. They fit yeah. exactly what we want. They're the two stars that require the least amount of ball touches. And that's just beautiful because we do like to spread the wealth of it, having a lot of guys average 15-plus points. I mean, you're going to get Montrez. You're going to get Lou Will already averaging 15 plus points and then you add the two stars right there so i have a require the ball every possession but uh it's going to be efficient as hell and it's beautiful I have a question about that. So what do you think about this sentiment that's kind of been disseminating? Uh, I know Shaq mentioned it. I know uh, uh, Kendrick Perkins mentioned it. What do you think about, like, PG coming back, and obviously he's going to take a lot of touches, take a lot of shots, uh, be a volume kind of scorer. What do you think about that kind of affecting Lou Will, in a sense? Um, Well, the thing is, Thankfully, is Lou, Lou Will's always going to be on the bench. And they're going to figure... I think it's going to take a bit of a learning curve. I do think Lou Will will... I don't think Lou Will will average 20 points per game. But I think he'll still get up to like 18. Um, but I think inserting Paul George will be a bit harder than inserting Kawhi has been. Just yeah. because it's inserting one guy versus two guys. Also, that one guy happens to be Kawhi, who doesn't need to be on the court all the time. Yeah, um, It'll be interesting to see how Paul George goes. I'm very optimistic just because of the caliber of player Paul George is yeah. and also how well we've already been working. I mean, what's great about the Clippers this season that the Lakers don't quite have is the fact that we are already a pretty established team. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. From last season, a team that won 48, we just replaced two guys, Danilo Gallinari and Shea Shea with Kawhi and Paul George, practically. And then we also added Patrick Patterson and Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless has been very impressive. He's really good. It's it's crazy how deep that bench is when Mo Harkless is like your ninth, tenth guy. And and not only that, like you you think about the best defensive players on the team, it'll go, okay, Kawhi, PG, then Pat Bev, then maybe Montrez. And... If Mon, uh, if uh, Mo Harkless is your fifth best defender, he's the best defender on the Blazers last <laughs> year, and it's like, how, many, like how many a Blazers defensive team players, that made it to the Western Conference? And how many defensive players are you going y'all gonna have? And especially if I mean we'll see what happens with Iggy um, and all that. But if they add Iggy, it, it's it's over. It's done. It's wrapped. It's done. I mean, I will say, <laughs> I do think the Lakers have much more of a use for Iggy than we do at this point. Mm-hmm. But I will definitely take Iggy, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's an insult more than anything. Right Y'all need him more than we do. We straight. Um, <laughs> why don't we start looking at this from a Lakers perspective? Because we, know, I yeah. got a lot to say. As a as I a fan, a I was extremely say. disappointed. Uh, I'll let you go first, Julia. Um. All right. I, <laughs> Bron, just frustrates me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like. Okay, <laughs> you've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juiced for it. 
Bro, just score the ball. <laughs> just go. Two points just, in the fourth quarter. Two points in the fourth. And, and it's not just that. Like, he, okay, one, you know the Clippers' defense is insane. Yeah. You know they're going to get in the passing lanes. You know they're long. You know Pat Bev is juice. You know all these guys are, like, juice to play you. Stop trying to kick it to Avery Bradley, Jared Dudley, uh, KCP in the, in the corner. From the free throw line, and you're getting in the middle of the of the lane. Just, just shoot the, just go. Have the. This is why I miss Kobe. Don't say shoot. This he can't make jumpers apparently. But but no, this shoot anymore. This is why I miss Kobe because Kobe, he would just take over the game. If he was in that sit, trust me, like I mean, that's always been the knock on LeBron. He just doesn't have that dog mentality, right? That that mess frustrated me so. He had so many opportunities to just score, and I thought he was gonna start rolling once he had that big dunk. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. Like I, I mean, obviously Danny Danny Green had an amazing game. I mean, um, but when you take into account, uh, AD and Braun were like fifteen for forty five, fifteen or for fifty something like that. Like that's just like way too inefficient. And Braun being passive as he is, like. You can't be doing that. I, I know you don't want to exert yourself too much in the regular season, but come on, bro. Like, geez, that just so frustrating the me. The game, so much. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. That, that game was frustrating me, and, and I'll tell you why. So I think we can all agree, AD looked pretty good in the first half, just, he did. From, yeah. just from a scoring standpoint. He got tired. He looked exact. I mean, he got tired. He got tired. And they went into halftime. Doc Rivers, great coach. He makes the adjustments necessary to take AD out of that game in the second half. Yeah. So. I'm like, cool, you took AD out. This is why we have AD and LeBron. Exactly. So now it's LeBron time. Cool. But at no point on two, or Tuesday night did the King show up. No. I was waiting on the King. The King was nowhere to be found. I, I was. Yeah. I saw him throw up the powder. I, I, he was all hyped for the game and stuff. I saw him put the head back, hand, headband on. I'm like, the King is in the building. No, nah, man, that wasn't no King. The, the, that wasn't no King. That's why I think, again, I'm going to keep saying, that's why I think Kawhi is the best player in the game. But... And, and, People will look at the the highlights, right? Yeah. He had the chase down block on Shamit. He had he that had big that, dunk. He had the dunk. Yeah. He had that, you know, the he took the away. charge. Yeah, it, it was a, it was it looked good, but if you watch the game, hell no, no, no it he, was not he disappeared. There. He, he looked he, like a he looked like a role player. Because if you if you watch the game, man, you saw the sloppy passes, the wasted possessions, and, <laughs> the, and, the, and, the the jump shots that just were not dropping. Why? Tell me why. If Kawhi is killing us the way that he you was, why does LeBron not? You got to step respond. up. You leave Contavious Caldwell Pope and Danny Green to get absolutely, excuse my French, shit on. No, they got no. Shit on. No, no. And, and for Frank and Vogel. And LeBron's going to sit over there and guard Shamit? And, and for Frank Vogel, and, and this goes to Bron. Vogel got out coached. And, and, and of course, there's That's a huge. Expected, there's though. a huge. Co- yeah, there's a huge coaching disadvantage. But this goes to Vogel and Bron. Why is why did we I I've always hated KCP even after the first year in in <laughs> with the Lakers. Yes, he has some potential. Yes, he's pretty fast. Yes, he can play defense sometimes. Yes, he gets streaky, but he's he just acts like a like straight up he acts like an idiot on the basketball court. The oh, he's stu- a head-ass. The, stu- <laughs> the stupid ass turnovers he commits and and sometimes he takes stupid shots and he just makes stupid decisions with the ball. Like, how do you play 27 minutes, zero points, and what? He had like three rebounds, two assists? I don't know. Bro, bro. And yeah, why? I went, once we re signed him, I was like, why didn't we sign Jamal Crawford? Hmm. Why didn't we re sign Jamal? I know he's 39. You don't need him that much, though. He can be our little will, maybe it. to a lesser extent. Um, you know what it was. <laughs> It's that clutch connection. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, and, and and for him 
and Braun to be the only players in the NBA to have a no trade clause. KCP has a no trade clause. Yes, he has a no trade clause. Anyway, how does he have a no trade clause? I'm sorry, I'm raising my voice, but <laughs> that's bro, hilarious. bro, my man was playing with an ankle monitor last year. <laughs> <laughs> that that mess that is a- not like. Come on, and, uh, and okay, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about this too. LeBron is a point forward. Yes, I know he gets compared to Magic Johnson. Yes, I know he can handle the ball. Yes, I know he's a great passer, but he's not a pure point guard. And what happens when you put him at point guard too much is that the offense becomes stagnant. People stay and don't move on the three-point line. And when you have AD and JaVale or AD and Dwight, what the hell is JaVale? I was I saw JaVale on the three-point line. What the what is he going to do on the three-point line? I know he dove one time and got that big dunk at the be- or some point in the game but like you can't you can't put LeBron at point like the whole game you you can do it in cr- in crunch moments when when you need him at the end of the fourth quarter but you can't you can't be doing that the whole game what what that game showed to me was that AD if we if we want if we have championship hopes which i think with AD and LeBron we should absolutely oh duh if yeah. we want to compete with a team like the the Clippers. If we want to compete with teams like Milwaukee, with the 76ers, that bench has to be better. It and, absolutely it will. has to be and better. And it will. And it I, will. I mean, what was it? 16 points. What? No. Yeah. And, and one thing I'm looking for. I hope we never play KCP another minute in the season. And, I mean, he'll play. And give his minutes to Alex Caruso or Quinn a, Cook, a guy, or or a a stick with a, a, but a like, face Car- on it. Like, yeah, Caruso like, plays on. hard on D. He's a good three-point shooter, and he's smart with the ball. He, yeah, he can always handle the ball. He's just the opposite of KCP. Like, it, it just it's just so frustrating. With I just KCP. wanted to touch on something with the Lakers' offense uh, pertaining to Anthony Davis. He had 17 post-ups in the game and only one possession as a role man in the pick and roll, which mm-hmm. to me is totally not utilizing him correctly. Keep in mind, 17 post-ups in the game. The team that led the league in post-up possessions per game last year was San Antonio with just 13. So him, Marcus, a- yeah. I mean Anthony Davis as like an individual player had more than what a team. And a team he's, with the most average I mean, honestly, I, I'm not entirely mad at that because in the first half. It was working. It was, it was yeah. absolutely working. I, I saw like four straight possessions where it was just, you know, somebody was trying to guard AD and he would just go get the bucket. I'm not completely mad because I'm pretty sure the majority of those came in the first half. But in the second half, I don't know. If Vogel, he just didn't seem like he changed anything. And then like the Clippers made sure to bring the double on Anthony yeah. Davis every and time. And it's like, that's a simple code. Like, it's all about moves and counter moves. And <laughs> Doc Rivers made a move and Vogel did not have a counter move for it. Mm-hmm. His counter move was, okay, LeBron, your turn. Yeah, and no. LeBron didn't show up. The, the, that's on coaching and that's on LeBron. There's got to be a healthy balance of uh, of pick and rolls with AD and Braun and having Danny Green in the corner to have that threat. Um, and post-ups and, and AD did struggle like like in the mid-range post-ups that he likes to do in, in mm-hmm. shooting those mid-range shots which I expect him to make later on in the season and I, another reason why I don't want to overreact is because uh, the Clippers obviously like the probably best oh, yeah. team in the NBA and best defensive team in the NBA. So I mean we're gonna we're gonna be fine with other teams, but like it's just so frustrating with with Vogel what Reagan was saying too. Yeah. Okay. Um. Eli, just before we let you go and get on with your Friday yeah. afternoon, um, like championship. I think that that's at this point that's got to be oh, expectation, oh, yeah. right? Bro, championship or bust. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no reason for no us to accept any other result. Yeah. Um. We've waited 50 years for something like this to happen to this team. 
And obviously, we haven't completed it yet, but this is the best chance we've had. I think this. I think our current team would demolish the Lob City Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hell, yeah. Let's be real here. Um, lo- love Blake. Love Blake. He'll always be my dog. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, this team is the best Clippers team we've ever seen, and I- I'm very excited for what could happen. I don't think anything is said and done yet. Yes, we're the favorites right now, um, but I, I honestly I hate to like be that guy, but I don't think we've seen like the best of this Lakers team yet. No, I no, no. I mean no, that that no. was gonna, this yeah, that we've was we've just seen where they're at right now, but um, and we've seen where the Clippers are at right now, and yes, the Clippers are in a much better yeah. spot right yeah. now. But we don't know what it, what the storyline is going to be like in March. I could only assume that the Clippers are going to stay pretty well or stay pretty fire. Um, but I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that the Lakers struggle like they did in this first game for the rest of the season. Um, but I will say the one thing I have to say about the Lakers is I do see LeBron kind of taking a, a secondary role to Anthony oh, Davis. And that's fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, he I said but when, but when we ask you to do something, then, uh, okay, I don't want to say if we ask you to do something, do it, Bron. But if, you know, we're asking you, the, the, the self-proclaimed king, to go score in the clutch and you score two points in the fourth quarter, that's unacceptable. And, and I know LeBron's teams always get off to a slower start when he gets on a new team. Uh, and I know there's always slow starts, but it's it, it's literally paramount and super important that the Lakers don't do that because their then, schedule yeah. is tailored. So uh, other than that Clipper game and probably the Utah game coming up, their schedule is tailored where they have an easier, much, much easier schedule early on. And then once you get into the later seasons of the NBA, like they're going to have a much, yeah. much tougher once it gets to 2020. Every game is going to matter in this West. Yeah, Conference no. Every single yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it's seeding or even making the playoffs. Are winning now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Eli. Winning without Paul George, so that's that's what's great. Paul and George, once we get Paul George, man hopefully we can continue. I wasn't expecting us to be off to this great start. Um, yes, I thought we could go two and zero, but I didn't think we'd go two and zero in this fashion. Um, but I'm very excited for this season. I think this is the best opportunity the Clippers have ever had, and potentially could ever have mm. to win rings. So we got to capitalize. We want Larry. That's all we want. We want Larry. We want Don't Larry. bring us here. We'll take one banner. I know y'all have your 16, but we just want one. One. And we're hoping to get that um, in the next couple of seasons. So, yeah. I feel that. All right. Eli, thanks so much for joining us. You might have won Thank the battle, man, but you will not win the war. <laughs> Kings all right. Right. All right. Thanks, Eli. <laughs> go, go ahead and follow him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Go check out This Week in MLS. If you're a soccer fan, it's some great content. I mean, if you're not a soccer fan, just check him out. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Eli. All right. Take care. All right. Uh, should we move on to the yeah, other storylines in the storylines before I start going off on the Lakers again? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, biggest, maybe biggest storyline outside of the opening, the the Clippers games, uh, Kyrie Irving's Brooklyn debut, 50 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, but in a one-point loss. I wanted him to make that last yeah, shot. Oh, that so was, that would have been so cheesy. Bad. He like, speaking of you said bad? No, I wanted him to make it oh. so bad. He literally did like a barrel roll, but he kept control of the ball the whole yeah. time. I was like, what yeah. was you that? You think he that- did that on purpose? I no. don't know. No. It, it, it looks so smooth. It almost makes me want to think he did that on purpose. No. But that's probably just a product of how good no. his footwork and his yeah. instincts are. 
Yeah, that that was a, he, that was a great game for him. What was it? The most points scored by a player in their in a, season in a debut with a new team. Yeah, I think. that's wild, man. That's wild. Yeah, it might be in a season opener too. He was unstoppable, unstoppable. Just watching that game, you could not defend that dude. Oh yeah, but I'm, okay. So people kept on talking about Kyrie after the game, mm-hmm. but. Can we talk about the team that won, uh, Minnesota? The team that hey, I've been hey, trying to hype you, up you this whole time. Cat makes some threes. Hey, so you were, Kat, you were okay. getting on him about thir- or thirty and fifteen. That man dropped what thirty six. Thirty six points, fourteen rebounds, three assists, three steals. Three I don't blocks, care about numbers on seven of eleven three point shooting. I don't care about numbers in today's NBA. I I oh, but I mean, you don't. have to care about wins, right? Like uh, they he, won. Tell tell me when they make the playoffs. That's all I care about. Okay, I, I'm not saying he's not gonna get his numbers. He's gonna get his numbers. I'm saying because when option. he said when he said 30 and 15, you kind of looked at him crazy. That's 30 fine. And 15 might That's be realistic. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's it's just they're they're utilizing this Minnesota team. I think has so much potential because they're just utilizing their pieces so much better. And I, and I keep on and coming back didn't to this. Look like an idiot. I mean, okay, so Wiggins <laughs> finished the game with a minus 26, even though oh. they won by one, which isn't great, but at least to me, there's even some positive signs from him because he didn't take as many mid-range shots as he used to. He was driving the rim, and, and he had some really, really good finishes on Jarrett Allen, one of the better shot blockers in the league. Sure. Uh, but but really, the, when it all it comes down to is how how is Cat going to play, and then how are they utilizing the pieces around him? And what I saw was really encouraging. They used Cat from the perimeter. When he takes the three, he's already one of the better shooters, pure shooters and you can't guard him as a seven footer you know seven of eleven that that you know that that shows you just how good he is all right let's keep it pushing because we kind of yeah, yeah all right I'm a uh trey young looked awesome i just want to say that mm-hmm. uh Giannis looked phenomenal as always mm-hmm. Giannis, you know, uh Giannis, battle of the mvps against james harden dropped 30 points 13 rebounds 11 assists that triple, air ball double. though <laughs> that, that air ball though yeah that but he he did hit nah, what two I'm of five from three yeah he was yeah. two of five he he i mean he got these numbers and he didn't play the last five minutes yeah of the of the game because he fouled out milwaukee still ended up winning um let's see what else deandre ayton suspended yeah, 25 wild. games for peds that's, i mean that that's a, but it, it was for it's, the diuretic it's a diuretic yeah, and he didn't know he was taking it which i yeah. i kind of believe him yeah i mean i, I know I mean, a follow-up anyone... follow test showed that um <laughs> There was no other like perf- actual performance-enhancing yeah, no. substances in his yeah. system. The uh, the players' association is trying to get this process going to shorten the suspension. See where that ends up. Maybe it ends up around like fifteen to twenty games instead of twenty-five. Blake is also out until like mid-November. Yeah, that's that far. I I, yeah. I just knew he was out. D Rose looked great though. D Rose, I think it might be about yeah. time we can start looking at him and say he's kind of yeah. not back where he was, but he's a viable player now, mm-hmm. which we couldn't say that for him when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. Talk about TNT D Wade. Oh yeah, Dwayne Wade joining the TNT team. The he ins- needs to come to LA, take K- KCP's minutes. <laughs> on me, on me. You and, think LeBron's and, gonna be calling him? And five probably t- talk, talking about the Raptors and the and the Pelicans. Um, I really don't know why people were surprised that like, oh, Brandon Ingram looks good. Like he's always had that. Like, My only thing with Ingram was his fit within that offense because I thought they'd be running up and down the court, but and he, he was kind of keep up with the pace. Yeah, a little bit. yeah, yeah. And, and I think to your point, it, it was surprising how quick his decisions were in that game. Like he wasn't to me watching the game. He wasn't a ball stopper. I mean, really I never considered him to be a ball stopper. He's actually a yeah, he's a good scorer. Maker. He's a good scorer. He's a good scorer, but he's an ISO player, and it feels like he always takes a couple dribbles and then decides to make his move. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, his decisions. They felt need quick. a score. They need a score other than Drew Holiday. That's true. They they do need a secondary yeah. score at least for the time being with yeah. Zion being injured. Um, also on the Pelicans, Lonzo was, didn't get minutes. Didn't get minutes. Yeah. In, in, in but crunch time. I'm I'm sorry. Back to that Zion thing. 
I've been saying since he was in high school, you cannot be like in college. He was a sec. He was already the second heaviest player if he were to be placed in the NBA today. He's the third heaviest player in the NBA. I've been saying since high school, knees, ankles, backs, hips cannot take that that all that weight pounding the the wood. Like they say that what you weigh, you have to multiply by that by 10 to like know how much force is being put on your joint mm-hmm. joints. And I he needs to be at like bronze weight. That that's that's essentially in my opinion cuz he's just, he's just going like, to keep getting hurt. He's just going to keep getting hurt. That might be a little early to say that. But yeah. he got hurt in high school. He got Did hurt he? in college. Yes. Okay, so so well, he, yes. in high school. He had a bunch of knee issues. I These mean, are all stemming from the same thing. From the I same. Mean, so in college, that injury was a fluke because it's yeah. shoot. That one was, but in high school, was it? True. I mean, I, it, I feel like in high school, it might have been more from a standpoint of okay, there's no point to push anything if if we, this kid has this much of a future. I just, I, I just hesitate to call Zion out of shape. I just think that is I'm not his saying shape. He, I'm not I'm not saying he's out of shape, but that shouldn't be his playing shape for his like future career. But like genetically the reason why he's so dominant already and he hasn't played oh, a yeah. game yet is that that combination of weight no, and it, quickness and athleticism. I don't deny that, but if we move to like the NFL and the if you can you can say early in his career the reason why Cam Newton was so dominant was because he could power through linebackers that's the reason he keeps getting hurt. Like well, you can use that same though, argument. Because we're, we're, that was a that's literally taking like Put getting hit by another person. I think his body at this point should be accustomed to that weight. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's too early for me to say that well, the, the guy's injury. Once broke. you start trimming that meniscus, it's gonna keep getting yeah, thinner. That was thinner. interesting. Yeah, that, I don't it, know why they made know, that decision. That was interesting to, do that. to me. That, I mean, it would have been a longer rehab process if they reattached the meniscus instead of trimming it. Uh, I'm, it that was interesting. You'll see. Me. Yeah. Um, uh, Pascal also looked great. Um, he did. Which I was, uh, I just want to just side note, he put up 34 points and 18 rebounds, great numbers, but he was also kind of lost defensively, and it kind of shows because New Orleans put up a, t- a ton of points on them. Uh, I mean, which can be expected though, it's, it's for first game of the season, they play fast, it's just hot. It's, yeah. it's also, um, he has the skills to be a really good defender, so hopefully, yeah. he can he can be an elite player on both sides of the floor. Also, just from an efficiency standpoint, I think he was 11 4. 27 I think um not not great That's efficiency not which is which is to be expected yeah, so I mean we'll, we'll, they we'll handed see. him the ball basically and they said go like almost for half their I guess I I saw a lot of Giannis comparisons out there during the game and to me the difference yeah. between a, a Giannis and a Pascal which which there's still a lot there's a big difference a big um game. defense and then of course how efficient so are you with that high usage difference. yeah mm-hmm. Um, other notable game lines in, in these first couple of days: Andre Drummond in his uh, season opener, thirty-two points, twenty-three rebounds. Contract year, <laughs> contract year. I mean, Andre Drummond, no will just, Blake. He wants his money. He, I mean, he'll he'll drop these numbers from time to time. Yeah, it's no, crazy. Yeah. And he then also a little better from the free throw line. Oh yeah, he he. I mean, he had some ball like spurts of ball handling here and there too. Yeah. He he has a little more skill for a big that we think of as just someone in the paint. Um, also, uh, last thing, Markel Fultz looks really confident, decisive with the ball. I'm just glad to see him play. That dunk was nice. I, yeah, I kind of figured this up. would happen at some point. I I I couldn't I couldn't imagine a dude like literally just falling his way out of the NBA just due to. <laughs> like a, a not forgetting how to shoot that just well, wasn't gonna I, I mean it, it was like a mental block and it's yeah. just good to see that he's gotten over it because he looks so emphatic um okay uh let's get to extensions extensions mm-hmm. okay uh, I'll, I'll just name off 
the extensions that happened, um, Jalen Brown. So, so these are restricted free agent extensions. So for rookie uh, rookie players, not rookies, uh, rookie contracts going into their first foray in a free agency. Um, Jalen Brown, four years, one hundred and seven million with added incentives. Buddy Heald got four years Ooh. and ninety four million. That's a front loaded contract with Sacramento. Demontis Sabonis got four years and seventy seven million. Pascal got a four year, one hundred thirty million max contract. Dejounte Murray, four years, sixty four and surprising one torian prince two years and 29 and million. best and worst how so, about we do yeah. that for the sake of time okay okay uh well best from the from the team standpoint i'm gonna say keeping bradley beal i don't like that for bradley but i mean just throwing that in that, there that that's a two-year 72 million 72 million max extension yeah uh I mean, obviously, he's giving them a chance to rebuild in this in three years, I guess. But it's they have no direction, in my opinion. Um, and keeping him was just like I didn't expect him to take it. So that's my best. I mean, to me, Bradley Beal. I mean, he he he's far removed from the injury concerns we put on him. That, that it's it's been three years, but to him, this money guaranteed is it's money guaranteed. Yeah. So you can't yeah. you can't fault a player. No, no, yeah, yeah. I don't fault him for the money, especially just, when you look at the situation that he's in right now with yeah. his teammate. That could easily happen to him, and he could fall off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So you better get your money when you yeah. can. And even with that contract, I think he's still tradable from oh from my Wizards god yes yes yeah. yes it's just it makes it harder but if a team really wants him and, and he's a player that should be wanted by a lot of teams they can still make it happen so who's your oh my best uh, pascal I, I think if you're toronto you needed to do this um in, in terms of youth you kind of it starts and stops with pascal and fred van vliet i'm not too sure about og yet i have to see him over the course of the season but he's your yeah. clear star he's your clear best player He's one of the up-and-coming brightest stars in the NBA right now. You had to give him that money. The one thing with Pascal problem. is he had one good year, and then you give him the max contract. There's no— don't I don't think—yeah. Think, max sounds a little bit, I don't know, heavy to me, but, I mean, you have—you kind of yeah, feel like you have Toronto, to keep him. So in, but, one thing I wanted to mention with these extensions is that uh, you see that teams feel pressured to pay guys mm-hmm. right now because since the free agency class isn't as strong as last or this past off season, mm-hmm. it's going to be like a bidding war and teams are going to be desperate and to like overpay and you don't want to get into a bidding war over, let's say, a Jalen Brown or Buddy Hill. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you learn yeah. from the mistakes of other GMs so you, and Malcolm Brogdon ended up walking. Exactly. Because yeah. he, he, he felt got, disrespected he too. felt disrespected yeah. and he got a lot more money than the Bucks were willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Eddie, um, interesting thing to mention. Usually, when we think of the uh, restricted free agent extensions, it's usually for young players, usually like age 22, 23. So, no, I was gonna say Buddy Heald. We forget Buddy Heald is twenty seven. So I mean, he was this, a senior he, four drafted, years, right? and, and yeah. then and then last year there's a whole thing with he actually was a year older than what was actually listed. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I think people forget this is this is Buddy Heald's prime contract. So this will take him through his age thirty two season. So when he was mad at Vlade Divac about you know. Be feeling like he was undervalued. I mean, it's because this might be his only opportunity to earn to you know to cash out for his career. Uh, but just just from a player and team standpoint, I really like Buddy Heald's extension. I think he fits into at least what Sacramento was doing last year. The, the, the first game against Phoenix looked terrible, but um, yeah, he he's also just an underrated player too. Just he might be the third best volume shooter in the league. Oh, okay, I mean he's he, he's he's an elite shooter. Let's just say that, and and cre- he creates gravity with that shooting. As Sacramento, do you take all that disrespect, my, my man? I, I, 
I'll definitely tell you this. If my man's was on the Spurs, he wouldn't be doing that to Popovich. Like, are you taking that disrespect? You, I feel like that's eventually just going to get Buddy blown Hula? over, though. People forget about that. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, what was it? Maybe I think the, the players last, might not. The last, I think it was like an open, comes, forget, it was an open scrimmage. Uh, for the Kings and he, uh, and and he money flashed sign, the money yeah, symbol to yeah. well, which was all in like good fun. I think he knew by that point that Divac was offering him. Yeah. So the the one I thought you guys would mention because this was my second best contract was Dejounte Murray, four years, yeah. sixty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he's coming off steal. of injury, but that's a steal. Unintended no. steal. Defensive up and coming oh, guard. Yeah, no, no. That, okay, that's a, whatever. It's funny. <laughs> that's a great contract yeah. for your point guard of the future, locking him down. Um, and also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Joe Ingles. Oh yeah, one year, fourteen mil, and that right, that guys. extends him to the twenty twenty one free agent. Worst contract. Three, two, one. Jalen Brown. Okay, no one. Yeah, no. Okay, it's Jalen. Okay, Jaylen. you guys aren't with. We're not on the same wavelength. I mean, if we if we all said something different at the same time, <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been hilarious. But no, it is. Yeah, that yeah, that contract was surprising. Far away. It's it's surprising that Danny Ainge kind of succumbed to. Yeah, I mean, the, he put his money where his mouth is. I'll well, give him that. Uh, I mean, I saw that it was one hundred, like a hundred and three million with twelve guaranteed. Yeah, I think I think. F- yeah, the the numbers there, there's some varying reports out there just because of the incentives and yeah. how likely is it that he's going to hit some. So one of the incentives is winning MVP, which that's, which I, mean, that's, Brown, I don't think that's Jaylen happening. Jalen Brown, like man, that's easy, bro. I got that. I got that's water. That's in the bag. That's yeah, in the bag, bro. Some of these Tatum incentives. Who? Oh, also, unlikely. also, um, I forgot. I forgot to mention this in the uh, weekly updates, but Giannis said staying with the Bucks is going to be hard if we don't win. Oh, that, he, that okay. So he said that to the, the he allegedly said that to a Harvard professor. I don't know why Giannis would be talking to a Harvard professor yeah. in the first place. I don't know. I don't know how much weight I, mean, I hold to. That. Also, is this surprise? It's like if you ask any player, any I guess good player, and said, "Oh, if our team's not doing well, I might think about joining another team." Is that surprising? Yeah. I mean, that I don't. Well, think especially it's, with the competitor it's, that Giannis for, is. Well, for people hearing that out of Giannis, who's like, "I'm staying with the Bucks. I'm staying with the Bucks. I'm staying with the Bucks," is kind of surprising. I guess maybe, yeah. but. As a player, you can expect something out of your team, and it's yeah. not and it's not going to be Giannis's yeah. fault if the team doesn't yeah. perform because he's going to shameless he's plug. Work. Giannis, we have Costas. Uh, you can come on and bring Thanasis. He can take KCP spot. Yes, and you can come on down to LA. Bro. Fair trade. I mean, you know, Joe Lake is trying to get that Steph Giannis pairing. Okay, going. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving okay. on. The GM poll. Th- there wasn't a ton of talk about the GM poll, but it's always something notable that happens every year. The league um, takes the uh, opinion of all general managers around the league and ask them varying questions out of the league. So just just a couple notable things. 46% of GMs believe the Clippers will win the championship. The Bucks come in second at 36% and 11% think the Lakers will win. Uh, 52% of GMs have Giannis winning the MVP. Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and Steph all share second place with 10%. Um, 82% of GMs say the Clippers made the best offseason moves and surprisingly uh, no GM said the Lakers made well, the best offseason I mean, moves. It's, they made the necessary offseason yeah. move which was getting AD, but you gave up a lot so, for him. J- yeah, yeah, you did. Just, um, I mean, anything, else, why they had the anything else with there. this poll that you guys I, found I just, particularly I just want to say uh, this poll is one of the stupidest polls I've ever seen, not because it's a bad idea, but because the results year to year are so inconsistent, and it's kind of ironic that these dudes are supposed to be running the teams and supposed to be the smartest dudes and most in-touch dudes uh, or people running these teams, and... And they're just so, like, idiotic sometimes. Like, okay, last year, uh, Brad Stevens got 50% of the best coach in the NBA vote. 
This year he got zero. How do you go from one year to one year? It, believing it's so reactionary. One thing? And yeah. it's something that you would expect from fans, but not, not GMs. That's what I'm saying. To like identify stupid... the best coach in the NBA is probably Greg Popovich, and they should probably say that every year. That's but what no, I'm it's, saying. It's pretty reactionary. That, I see your point. Like it's it's just so inconsistent and it's just awful. In, if in I remember areas. correctly, though, last year people were on the Brad Stevens hype train talking about. But GMs shouldn't fluctuate. How do you give them zero votes this year? If you if fifty percent gave him last year, yeah, That's if fair. he was truly that That's great fair. of a coach, it, it exactly it wouldn't fluctuate like that. Um, here's one thing I took issue with, not really issue, but it was I thought it was interesting. The starting of franchise. Oh my with god! A Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So they Thank had you. Giannis, AD, Luca. Oh, I, I think Giannis Luka. is a fair, you know. Interesting. I, I think they were kind of trending towards younger players, which I guess is fair. That's. F- uh, why don't you say your piece? <laughs> Giannis is fine. Yeah. How do you put Luca over Kawhi? Kawhi's twenty six. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm more, I've always been saying Luca's more numbers than actual impact on the court. With the I just finals don't see how MVP. much improvement Luca can make. From yeah, his game. no. I think Trey Young deserved more votes than he got. I think he I think he's one of those dudes that you can, especially with the way he showed he can pass the ball. Man, he's gonna be a baller. I think give it. Two three years we're gonna be looking mm-hmm. at Trey Young like he's light years ahead of Luca. Mm-hmm. By this time next year, we'll see what the polls say. Oh yeah, he might have an amazing year. Uh, a <laughs> couple the, the GMs will be like, bro, Trey Young. Oh my god. <laughs> a couple things I have a grievance with uh, that have to do with Kawhi. Uh, I think most GMs have Kawhi as the best defender in the league right now, which to me is surprising because uh, he hasn't won the defensive player of the year in in, in in a few years and. We have we don't we we don't really talk about his defense anymore. They because usually, it's just I mean, not because that he's they usually, so much. They usually else. they yeah that too. They usually give it to shot blockers. That's yeah. true. But th- if you're talking about pure defense, who can guard like can, can big man guard? Can Rudy Gobert guard? Uh, I, I don't know Steph. No, no. But I mean, that's I don't what think, I'm saying. I don't think Kawhi can guard. Um, he can like guard Anthony more Davis. positions. Right. He can guard more positions than Rudy Gobert. Well, I, I, to, and, to your point and guarding of, um, the perimeter is more important. To, to your point of like uh, uh, guarding multiple positions, he also came in second as the most versatile defender, just barely behind Draymond, which is what? to me weird. Cause the best, the most versatile defender in the NBA is Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, it's Draymond. I'll give no, it. It's, it's, it's definitely Dray- Draymond. No, Giannis it's can Giannis. lock down, it's legitimately lock down one through five. Yeah. Dray- and, Draymond has a reputation of locking like that. That's Draymond's whole thing. That about. was Draymond's thing thing three years ago. No, Draymond can still lock down one through yeah. five. He's not guarding Joel Embiid. He can't lock down I one mean, through five. He like, can he can defend one through five. But when I look at a guy Giannis, like Giannis, yeah, Giannis, Giannis will lock down your point your point guard, and he will lock down your center. Like it, it, with with Draymond, I think it's more of an IQ thing than anything, which is great. But Giannis has the physical attributes that that Draymond just lacks. Also, did you guys see uh, um, which player do you have to make the most adjustments for? So the order was Harden, Steph, Braun, Giannis, and KD. Steph, I, I had a beef with I had a beef with uh, uh, James Harden being at the top of that list. If if we're just basing it off the the years past and he clears out and just like just goes on, I don't think there's many adjustments you have to make. Well, I mean, the adjustment is you, everyone else I has think to stand. Still, everyone's starting to. Uh, Hop on this wave that Ricky Rubio kind of started last year. I think it was where you're kind of guarding him from the side and filtering him to sh- make him shoot a floater. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing people are starting to kind of blanket cover the the Rockets with. Uh-huh. That's a pretty big adjustment, I think. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I take too much beef with him being number one. I I, I put Steph up there. Steph is this, like, so got to be one. Is this is this the team that they're on? I suggest or defense? Has no, 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 no. The defense. Has oh, okay. To yeah, Steph. No, Steph is definitely number no. One. In if my opinion, Steph is number one. If you're double teaming a player 40 feet from the basket, then that and has it's because be he one. moves so well without the ball and yeah. runs around like a madman. It, it's just it's it's tough to defend him. Uh, another thing, just the last thing that I kind of thought was interesting, GMs had LeBron in terms of the best leader in the NBA. LeBron came in third, but you know if we if we've seen anything from the NBA the last three years, like I don't think LeBron has showed that he's been a capable leader at all. I mean, he's alienated his teammates, and you know he he he's basically. I mean, I mean, if we saw anything from the Lakers team last year, that was not a well led team. Yeah. I think this idea of LeBron being a great leader has kind of blown over and and yeah i'm surprised general managers around the well, league still think so are we just looking at this from a basketball perspective yeah because general because he's a leader in his community he's a leader amongst athletes in general mm-hmm. people when people when lebron talks clearly when lebron didn't talk people listen when lebron speaks he listens so i, I think from a just a a humanity standpoint just in general lebron's probably the best mm-hmm. leader in the nba because when he speaks people will listen and, to him as an athlete and also gms aren't in locker rooms that's, that's what true. i hate you can't you can't always criticize like yeah what lebron says to the media sometimes and yeah i'm critical of him too but you're not, y'all not in locker rooms y'all don't know what goes on you don't know what what uh speeches he gives in the middle of practice on a tuesday like hey guys come on let's keep this going or after a game after a loss so you guys aren't in locker rooms um i don't really like that question. i wonder what's actually the point of this gm poll is it just to highlight no, it's just to get news. news. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because it's an NBA thing. It's not like a media run thing. It's the it, NBA themselves yeah. ask the it, general manager. I think it's supposed questions. to give the fans kind of a perspective on what the the higher ups are thinking. But it's kind of funny. The higher ups aren't thinking all that differently. Thinking like yeah, fans. So it's kind of it's it's interesting. We bro, we could go run a team, bro. It's, yeah, it's not we can. hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's just not that hard. Is, uh, salary cap manager. Who are y'all? A uh, quick quick thing. Last thing. Mm-hmm. Who are you guys? Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I have Jaw. I have Jaw too. Jaw. I don't think it'll be Zion, but I don't think it'll be Jaw. Give me RJ. I think really? RJ. RJ might average eighteen a game this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he he scored a lot for them in the preseason. He dropped what twenty one his debut for the uh, the Knicks. Yeah. I just want to say I'll, I'll I, hate his, I hate his game. It's like a mid range Demar Derozan. It's not even like it's a, funny because he took a picture of Demar Derozan after the game and people were talking about they're basically the same player. But I mean, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's just Zion missing what, like maybe twenty games. Yeah, that just, throw, that'll, that'll just throws a wrinkle into things. Now, if he comes out and, and averages twenty and ten on sixty percent shooting, then yeah. you know, he'll I mean, what he has going for him is he's if he hopefully he stays healthy, he's going to finish out the year. He's not going to miss the end of the year. You know, he he'll ride out the year and maybe the hype catches up again and all that. See, I would like to say that Michael Porter would be in the conversation. He's not going to get enough not, minutes. They're not putting him in the lineup. And they shouldn't. And they, they, sh- they, they shouldn't right they really, now. They don't need him. To. They don't need him right they now. They don't need him, but I don't know. I was such a big fan of him coming out of high school because he was just a bucket. Michael Porter Jr., do not do not be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Porter Jr. is a bucket. He's a bucket. 6'10", power forward, can take you off the dribble, can tank you in, take you in the paint. He can shoot from range. That dude is an absolute bucket. He's if a he bucket. If he stay healthy... But- but I mean, he, he, he's also a ball stopper on a team that does not like ball stoppers That's in true. Denver. That's true. Um, any, I, I think any, he needs to move. Anything else you guys want to add? Nah. No. Man, I'm just so frustrated with the with the Lakers. I'm just so happy we got Danny Green. 
But uh, I mean, I'm just excited. The regular know. season is up again, and you know. we get to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. Thanks to Eli again for joining us. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram again at This Week in MLS. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's Square One Media, spelled out S Q R One Media, and check out Julio's blog, Sports Talk, The Countdown. Um, Spotify. Catch us on Music. Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, sorry, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Baby. All platforms. We're all out. <laughs> Exciting times. We'll catch you for the next episode.